So we're going to carry on thinking about the most important lessons that have been passed on to you. Just think about that for a moment. What are the most important lessons that have ever been passed on to you? What are the most important things that have ever been shared with you? Maybe by your family. What are the things that you look back on and you think, I am so grateful that somebody passed that on to me? You know, my dad is one of my heroes. I know not everybody gets to have a great dad, and I'm so sad about that. But my dad was a great dad, is a great dad, and he's one of my heroes. And he passed on so many amazing things to me. Some of them were consciously done. Some of them was just watching what he did. So, for example, watching him manage our family's finances when I was growing up, when we didn't have a lot of money, just watching how he did that is a lesson that I am so grateful for, and I still use many of the things he did then in our own lives now and in the life of my family. I'm grateful that he passed on to me a work ethic. I saw my dad working really hard, and I hope I inherited that from him, his work ethic. I'm so grateful that he passed on to me what it means to serve others. He faithfully served and is continuing to serve in his local church for many, many years. He was treasurer of his local church for 23 years, my dad. He modeled faithful and sacrificial service. He modeled generosity. My dad's an accountant, and he uses that skill and that gift and has used it over the years to serve so many different organizations and charities, doing their books and managing their accounts. My dad passed on to me a love of rugby. Uh, The only thing he didn't really pass on to me is he's a Scottish rugby fan. Poor man. Uh, I support England, which is a much better idea, I think, and has caused me much less pain over the years. I'm being booed. I can't believe that. I'm being booed in the hall this morning. My dad, on a very serious note, my dad passed on to me what in sickness and in health means when you're married to somebody. My dad passed on so many amazing things, and I'm so grateful to him. What lessons would you want to pass on? What lessons do you want to pass on? Well, we asked a bunch of people in our church community just that question this week. And we want to show you a video of their answers to this question. What lesson would you want to pass on to others? Let's watch this video together. So my advice to the next generation is stay at school, enjoy the time you have there, and also do something that scares you at least once a year. You can learn something from every single person that you meet. Hug your friends and family. Even when they get on your nerves, even when they really, really annoy you, still say I love you. Show them that you care. Everyone needs to hear that and everyone needs to feel loved. Learn to play a musical instrument, and the earlier, the better. You'll never regret it. Uh, All that youthful energy that you have, start using it and don't stop, because otherwise you get to nearly 40, you do exercise and you look like a sweaty mess like me. So keep exercising. As a teenager, I really wanted to be liked and uh, told some, uh, how can I put it, some some really large porcupines, some really large lies to try and get people to like me and got myself into some very deep water and made myself really, really miserable. It's just let your life do the talking. Let God be reflected through your life and just tell the truth. In whatever situation you find yourself in, just tell the truth.
don't be afraid to be yourself and to also always give your parents a lie-in. When it comes to mealtimes, whether eating at home or eating out, enjoy each other's company, enjoy conversation, enjoy the food, put the phone away. Don't enjoy the food? Learn to cook. Simple. Food, fellowship, no phones. God will give you so many opportunities and you have an assurance that God is for you. You are good enough for God. Your true friends won't make you feel bad if things go wrong. They will want the best for you. And if you're a true friend, you will want the best for them. Think of that when you're choosing your friends. Also, try random weird food combos, because it's really fun and you might just find an epic new favourite, like mango chutney in pizza. Don't eat yellow snow. And just be confident in who you are, because that's who God made you to be. Or peanut butter and jelly. To have a getting up in the morning song, something that's going to motivate you and help you get out of bed. When I was younger, I used to sing the theme tune to Winnie the Pooh that says, I gotta get up, I gotta get going, I gotta see a friend of mine. And that used to help me and inspire me for the day. Or ice cream and bacon. Do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. Just do it! Or gummy bears on toast. Pursue education as much as you possibly can. Learn as much as you possibly can while you can. Uh, understanding is so, so important to gain. Just do it! Do it! You can do it! Or marmite and celery. Don't give up on politics. Because if you want to change the world and you want to make a really big difference, if you want to combat climate change, you want a strong NHS or you want to help the poor, all those things that are really important. Um, being in charge, um, being in government, being in your local council, um, that's where a lot of those big decisions are made. Or crumpets with hot chocolate. Do it. Do it. This series is helpful whether you're uh, somebody who's been around our church for ages. We hope this is exciting you about what's to come in the next chapter of the story of the church. Whether you're brand new to our church, you've just been around a little while, maybe you joined us during the COVID season. We hope that this is inspiring you to be a part of what's going on in this community. If you're brand new, if this is maybe your first time with us, either in the room or uh, online, we hope this is giving you a flavor of the kind of community we long to be and the kind of mission we think God is calling us to be on. And if you're a Christian, we hope this is saying to you this is what God is asking of us and if you're not a, yet a Christian we hope this is giving you a flavor of what it means to be part of the people of God on a mission that God is calling us to 
And uh, we've been thinking about all sorts of things through this series. We started by talking about following Jesus more closely. Then we talked about encountering God more regularly. Then last week, Rob talked to us about caring more radically. And these are things we think God is calling us into in this next chapter of our life together. And today we want to talk about sharing Jesus more intentionally. You know, just like a good parent wants to pass on the lessons that they've learned to their kids, or a great friend wants to share something exciting with somebody else, so our desire as a church community should be to want to share faith with others. You know, once you discover and encounter Jesus, once you get just how amazing he is and how great and exciting it is to be in a relationship with him and how amazing are all the things that he has done, once you get that, passing that on to the next generations or sharing that with other people should be a really important part of your faith journey individually and our journey as a church community. And to help us figure out why we should do that and how we should do that, I want to turn to a story that we've already alluded to this morning in our Big Story Sunday. I want to turn to look to some speeches, we might call them sermons, from a man called Moses, this man who led the people of Israel through the Red Sea on that day. And as we learn lessons from what Moses was saying to the people of Israel about that amazing experience and about passing that on to others, I want you to think about who is the person or the people that you long to share your faith journey with, who you long to share your encounter with Jesus with. Who are they? Work colleagues, friends, family members, children, parents, brothers, sisters, who might that be? Right, so let's get to Moses. So Moses was the leader of the people of Israel. He'd led them through this amazing experience where they were released from slavery in Egypt. And once they are released and once they've crossed the Red Sea, then they spend 40 years wandering about together, camping out in the wilderness. And in the middle of all of that, actually just as that experience is about to come to an end, Moses stands up and addresses the people just before they're about to head into what uh, God was calling for them, this promised land that they would move into. And Moses, I think, is reflecting on all that's gone on, all that they've seen God do, all the highs and all the lows, and he stands up and he delivers a series of sermons, speeches. And they're included for us in the Old Testament part of the Bible in a book called Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy, literally in the original language of the, the title of the book, which was Hebrew, meant the book of words. Because here's this book of Moses' words to the people of God as he reflects on all of these experiences and starts to share with them what he believes God is calling them to, to live faithfully for God in the future. And so therefore, as we think about this next chapter of our life as a church, this is a great book to turn to because it's like Moses saying, we're about to enter into this next chapter in our story. Here's what God wants us to know. It's a great book for us to seek inspiration from. As we are challenged by God to remain faithful to pursuing his mission for us as we move into this next chapter. And by the way, if we judge solely by the number of quotations that he used from the book of Deuteronomy, this may well have been Jesus' favorite book in the whole of his scriptures, what he would have known and what we know now as the Old Testament, because Jesus quoted from this book a lot. 
We're going to look at a section from chapter 6 of the book of Deuteronomy. And as I read this, and I'm going to read the whole of the section we're going to look at this morning. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. I want you to watch out for the imperatives, the encouragements that come through, the commands that come through in just these nine verses. If you want to follow along, you can look it up. If you've got a Bible app on your phone, look up Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you've got a, a, a Bible, a paper Bible, maybe you want to open it to there. If you want to follow along with today's talk on our blog, you can find that on our website and you can follow along as, there as as well. But I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. This is Moses speaking to the people. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So here we have Moses calling the people of God to some things. And I think in the first section of what I've read there, we get three sources of motivation for passing on faith. They're the why, if you like. And then the second half, we get the how. So here's the why. The first imperative or the first reason or motivation for passing on faith to others, for sharing faith with the next generations, is so that other people, including the next generations, will know the God who provides the best way to live. Look back at verse 2 for a second here. And so that you may enjoy long life. Do this so that you and your people may enjoy long life. You know, God directed Moses to teach the people to follow God. Why? So that they could live the best kind of life. You see, following God, living with God, Moses knew this, is simply the best way to live. It's the best and healthiest way for us to live. So the first reason to pass on faith to others is because living with God is simply the best way to live. Second motivation comes from verse 3. And that motivation is so that uh, people who get to experience God, who you pass on faith to, will get to live a life full of purpose and fruitfulness. So that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly. You may live a life of purpose and fruitfulness. You know, living a life with God is not only the best way to live, it's the most fruitful way to live. How often in our society, in our culture today, and you may know this if you're in the room or if you're uh, online with us today, how often do we see either ourselves or other people struggling for a reason to be, struggling for purpose? So we fill our lives with all these things that we think are going to give us purpose and make us happy, and yet they're meaningless ultimately. So many people craving meaning and purpose and looking anywhere to find it. 
You know, a life lived with God is a life of meaning and purpose. The third motivation, the third motivation comes straight out of these verses to to do with loving God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Because if you're loving God, then that motivation bubbles up out of you to want to share that with others. You know, these are perhaps the most famous verses in Deuteronomy. Because Jesus quoted them and others have quoted them in uh, in the, the Jewish faith. They're still used today, and Orthodox Jews will still uh, recite this, these verses. It's called the Shema in, uh, in Hebrew. They will still recite these verses today, twice a day, because it's a reminder to love God with every part of us. Two weeks ago in this series, Alex used uh, Jesus quoting these verses to talk to us about how this means every part of us, loving God with every part of our being. And if we're doing that, if we're loving God with every part of our being then that provides motivation to share that with others. And by the way, the word strength here is really interesting. Again, in the Hebrew that this was written in, it means much, much more than physical strength. We might read that and think it's talking about physical strength. No, a a more accurate translation of that word might be resources. With all of your resources, not just your physical strength, but your economic strength, your social strength, your time, your energy, everything you have and you own. Love the Lord your God with all of your resources. I love that idea. And out of loving God that way comes a motivation to share that with others. So three motivations for passing on faith to others, to the next generations, because God provides the best way to live so that other people can find a life of meaning and purpose. And that if we are loving God, that should in and of itself bubble up a motivation in us to want to share that with others. So how do we do that then? Well, the second half of that passage that I read gives us three ways that we can do that. Number one, have God in your heart. Have God in your heart. Don't just know about God. Don't just know what you're supposed to do, but allow that to sink right down into your heart. Not just head knowledge, but heart passion. Allow a love for God to penetrate so deeply into your heart that it just radiates out of you. These commandments that I give to you today, Moses said, are to be on your hearts. Have a heart passion for God, because then it can't help but flow out of you to be shared with others. That's number one. Number two, model faith in the everyday. You know, when we get to these verses, impress them on your children. So Moses is saying, pass this on to the next generations. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Moses is saying here, in the everyday stuff, you all get up and sit down every day. You all get out of bed uh, every day. You all walk along the road every day. You all sit down at home every day. In the everyday stuff, model faith. Every situation that they faced and that we face, both good and bad, is an opportunity to model faith. You know this, don't you? I'm sure. I'm sure you have met people in your life who are people of God, who are people of faith, and you see them going through some of life's most difficult situations, and yet there they are modeling faith in the midst of all the struggle. Did you see this week 
those Ukrainian Christians kneeling together and praying on the side of the road as Russia started invading. You know, gosh, that's a model of faith, isn't it? In the midst of the most traumatic circumstances. And I know that's hard, but what a model of faith that was in the everyday, in the struggles of life, in the good and the bad, in the everyday model faith, parents, friends, family members, neighbors. Let's model faith in the everyday. And finally, model faith in the everyday, but prioritize God in the everyday. See, Moses, I love this. Moses gives them these commands from God that will just help them think about God all the time. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is basically his way of saying, remember it all the time. You know, put stuff in places where you'll see it to remind you to prioritize God every moment of every day. The gates here would have been the city gates, and, and that's where so much of the kind of commerce of the day and the, the trials of the day and all that stuff, they would all have taken place uh, in and around the city gates. So Moses is saying in just all of that everyday stuff, prioritize God. What does that look like for you? What are the reminders that you need all around you in the midst of the busyness and the bustle of life? to be prioritizing God in the everyday, to think about God in every moment of every day. What, what's the equivalent of tying something around? Maybe it is tying something around your hands or your wrist or putting something on the door frames of your house so when you go in and you come out, you see it. What is it that reminds you to do that? So three actions. Then if we had three motivations as to why we should pass faith on, three actions for how we can pass faith on. And here they are. Hold this desire to share Jesus with others in your heart. Model the faith. Model being a follower of Jesus in the everyday and prioritize God. Prioritize following Jesus in the everyday. You know, several years after, many years after Deuteronomy was written, the people of God are finding themselves in a different situation. Now they're in Jerusalem and Jesus has been and many have been uh, uh, started following Jesus and God sends his presence, his Holy Spirit to be upon them. And we read the story of the first church beginning to form in Jerusalem. It's in this New Testament book called Acts. And there's this amazing passage which describes this church and it finishes in Acts chapter 2 verse 47 with these words. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, they had such a way of sharing and modeling faith, of sharing Jesus with other people, that every day people were coming and encountering God and meeting Jesus. I've been a church leader for 23 years, and I was thinking about it for quite some time before that. And this has been my prayer for all of that time. Oh, Lord God, would one day I get to be a part of a church community where every day people are being saved? And I continue to pray that, and I, I don't want to finish <laughs> being a church leader until I've experienced that. And that takes a church community like ours committing itself together to share faith with others. 
the next chapter of our life together at ABC, I think, must be marked out by an ongoing and continuing and growing desire to share Jesus more intentionally with others, to prioritize passing on faith. Sharing Jesus with others is something we should be passionate about individually and as a church community. And we can do this individually by staying motivated with those things we've talked about this morning. We can do that individually by taking action individually, but we can do it together as well. We can do it individually by prioritizing, passing on faith to the next generations. If your parents passing it on to your kids, to modeling in the everyday, we can do this as a corporate community by doing things together that model and share our faith with others. But we need to keep this motivation hot to prioritizing sharing faith with the next generations. We have some opportunities to do that together as a church community. You know, we love having loads of children and young people around our church. It's the sign of life in a church, I reckon. And, uh, you know, we have a responsibility as a church community to prioritize the next generations. And we can do that by serving them together, by welcoming the next generations and by serving them. And we have these amazing volunteers uh, led by Ivan and his team who, who serve faithfully in our kids and youth work, passing on faith to the next generations. And we would love to grow that team. We would love for people in our church community to want to serve in that area of ministry, to pass on faith to the next generations. And next Sunday, after our morning service, around one o'clock next Sunday afternoon, we're having kind of an open event where anybody can go and hear about our vision for children and youth ministry in the church and find out what it's all about and get a kind of behind the scenes look at how it all works and meet some of the people who are on that team. And we're going to give you lunch um, as a sort of encouragement for you to be there. I nearly said bribe. As an encouragement for you to be there and to get involved. And then for an hour and a half or so, Ivan and the team are going to share their vision and their heart for uh, children's and youth ministry. Be a part of that. You need to sign up. All you need to do is sign up to say you're going to come so we know how much food to do. And you can find the sign up on our Church Suite app or on our website, all of those different places. Or if you can't find it, you can just get in touch with us and say, how do I sign up for this? You won't be committing to anything at that point, but come and hear about it. At the very least, so you can be praying about what goes on there. But we hope and pray maybe join that team and be a part of that amazing community, passing on faith to the next generations. And then the second way I want to encourage you into today is this coming week on, uh, I want to say Wednesday evening, the 1st of March, whatever day the 1st of March is, we're starting Alpha. Alpha is a really simple way to find out about the Christian faith. Sorry, somebody's saying to me, Tuesday, thank you, Tuesday, the 1st of March. And I know we've got some people here today who have done Alpha and who've joined our church community through it. And that's so wonderful. If you want to know about the basics of the Christian faith in an environment that's easy and you can ask questions in and there's no judgment and all that kind of stuff, then Alpha is a great place to do that. I really would encourage you. And you can join in if you're online with us as well, because that's an online thing we do over six, eight weeks, the Alpha course. But friends, You can invite others to come to Alpha. You can share your faith really simply by saying, why don't you come to Alpha with me on Tuesday evening? And again, you can find all the details on our website and all those kind of places. And then the third thing you can do is pray. Be praying for us as a church community. Pray that God would lead us to be the kind of church where every day, join me in that prayer, every day we would see people being saved 
because we are passionate about passing on faith, sharing Jesus intentionally with the next generations and with our friends, our family, our neighbors, the people in our towns and in our communities. You know, we're aware of it again, aren't we, this week, of how dark our world is and how much it needs a light shining brightly, a beacon of hope. Jesus offers us light and hope. And those of us who know and follow Jesus have found that light and that hope that sustains us even when the world is chaotic. We must be trying to pass that on to others because they desperately need it too, and our world does. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray and ask that you would embolden us and inspire us and encourage us with sharing Jesus more intentionally to those around us through modeling faith in the everyday, through prioritizing God in the everyday, through our hearts burning so brightly with a passion for God and for Jesus that it can't help but flow out of us. Oh Lord God, show us how we can do that. We pray for the people we're thinking about, even in these moments, who we know need that light and that hope in their lives. And we're praying today again for our world that needs a beacon of light and hope. Help us as we share Jesus intentionally with others to do that. We thank you for the next generations. And we thank you for the children and the young people who are part of our church community. And Lord God, we pray that you would inspire and challenge and encourage us to be prioritizing passing on faith to the younger generations. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.